Thank you, Father, for another Sunday, reminding us of what your Son um, has, has done and has accomplished for us on the cross of Calvary. We, we love you, Father. We, we love you, Lord Jesus. Uh, we thank you for the giving of the Holy Spirit, that we can worship you with our hearts and minds and souls uh, today, Lord. Lord, many of us are in the battle with sin, and we will be until you come, until you take us. Whenever that time is, Lord, we want to fight and mortify the flesh. We want to live by the Spirit and the power of the Spirit and demonstrate uh, and, and, and produce the fruits of the Spirit as we learned over the summer. And Father, we just pray you equip us today. Help us to take in the Word and apply it. Maybe be good listeners. Help Pastor Clay, Lord, as he just uh, sets a vision for what we want to do in our ministry and how you can use us in this upcoming school year to your glory and to your praise and honor. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Rich, for dialing us in. Thank you, Bailey, for teaching last week. Where are you at? They didn't kick you out? Good. No, I heard really good things. Thanks for, thanks for filling in there. We were at the beach, um, had a good time with the family. Uh, if you're wondering, yes, that was the second beach trip of my summer, so I'm spoiled. I'm a college pastor, so I try to take advantage of the summers. I just burn up all my vacation time in the summer, and then I'm, you'll see me for the rest of the year. So, uh, but that was a good time with family. Uh, we had a sweet time. Rich was away as well, so um, you guys got to do whatever you want last week. So hopefully that was fun. All right, but we're back now. <clears throat> and uh, it's hard to believe that next Sunday is... Boundless deluge, I think. Is that what Rich said? Uh, everybody comes back. Um, a number of you are already back uh, here, and we've even got a few brand new folks that, I've, that we've met today, so welcome. Uh, my name is Clay. I'm the college pastor here, and I serve alongside of Rich. He's one of our elders. And uh, speaking of new people, we're about to start a new academic year, and every fall we get that influx of people who visit Timberlake, and they visit Boundless. Some are going to be college freshmen. They're moving here, you know, from out of state, or they're moving from, you know, away from home for the first time. Others are transferring in, or they're grad students. They've just, but they've moved to the area. Others are going to use this new semester to start exploring new churches. But this year, we've got a lot of, of student leaders on the dorms, and they will no doubt be encouraging their halls to go to a healthy church, and inviting them here. And however they get here, my point is they're coming. Right? The students are coming, and they're, they're going to be here next week. And for us, for the members of Timberlake, this is an incredible opportunity. It's a huge responsibility, incredible opportunity. Every fall, the Lord himself sends us new souls who are in various places spiritually. So the Lord's sending them. They might not stay, but at least in this brief moments that we have them, he's sending them, and these are souls who are in various places spiritually. They all will need shepherding, just like each one of us needs shepherding. They need friendships. They're going to need to learn what a healthy church is. They need to, they're going to need to learn why they desperately need a church to be part of one. They need to grow in the faith. They're going to need to get sucked into our discipleship culture. And some of them will even come to, to, come to know Christ for the very first time as a result of being here. And this is a tremendous privilege when God brings us new souls. And so what is on my heart, and I know Rich's heart and leadership's heart here, is we want to steward that privilege well. 
So how so? How do we steward that well? How does Christ want us to interact specifically with these new people? These new Christians that we do not know. The Bible tells us, and we can sum it up in one word, Rich has already said it this morning, is hospitality. Hospitality. Christ calls us, he commands us to be hospitable to the new folks. Now, notice I said us, right? I didn't say me or Rich or Christy or my wife Mary. He calls us to be hospitable. It's not just the boundless leadership or the pastoral staff here. Christ expects every single one of us to participate in this ministry. Many of you have experienced this kind of hospitality here. Praise the Lord. You've come over. You've, you, you've, you've had a template or a category for it. You've been welcomed in. You've been received. You've been loved. You've been cared for. You've come to our homes. You've fellowshiped around our tables. You've tasted it, and you've been changed by it. And now... It's time to continue to pay that forward. So what I like to do around this time of year, it's really, you can always kind of count on the Sunday before uh, everybody comes, is to kind of retool us, to prepare us a little bit for this influx, and to capitalize on this, this window of opportunity that we have. So I'm trying to get us our hearts ready to be hospitable. So today's message is called Practicing Hospitality. And what I want to do this morning is to unpack this idea of biblical hospitality just a little bit and then apply it directly to our situation here at at Timberlake. I want to prepare us to be as hospitable as we can be to the visitors who are here this morning and then who will come to us over the next few weeks in this window of time. So today we're going to ask and answer four questions about biblical hospitality. That's kind of where we're going. Four questions, pretty basic, but um, I think we'll kind of set some parameters for us in our thinking. So first question, always where you start on a topic like this, is what is hospitality? What is it? So how would you define it? Go ahead. Okay, welcoming other people, demonstrating love to them through their actions, good. Yeah, good. Welcoming, sharing what you have, those are, yeah, those are central to the, the idea of hospitality. When many of us hear that word, though, we typically think of big events at someone's home. Is that fair? Agree or disagree? Okay, bigger or smaller events in someone's home. And that's not wrong. Hospitable people usually welcome people into their homes. And that's, that makes sense. They share their resources. But sometimes I think we reduce hospitality to an external action. And we often think it requires us to have a home in order to do it or to be hospitable. But I don't think that's the case. Now, having a home is definitely helpful in being hospitable, um, but it's not at the core. You can be hospitable without a house, or without very many resources at all, for that matter. Every college student says, oh, good. This is great. I can be obedient to this. Well, how, how so? How is that the case? Well, fundamentally, hospitable actions flow from a heart attitude of openness toward others. All right? 
I think I've got this on here. It starts with a heart attitude that is open toward others. If you want a small kind of phrase you could, you could tag on here, it's open love. It's open love. So if, you, if we step back and just kind of look at the word itself, the word hospitality in Greek is a compound word from love and stranger. So you may have heard it referred to as the love of strangers. I like to call it the love of strange Christians. <laughs> Joke. All right. The love of strangers, that's a helpful way of putting it. All right. In the New Testament, going to give you some data here, it's used in context of opening yourself up in love to those that you do not know, especially other Christians. You can write down Romans 12. Sorry, I got behind there. Romans 12, 3, other Christians. And it's Christians in particular that you don't know, and that's very clear in Hebrews 13, 2. And then sometimes it's people that you don't know very well. Maybe you know, you know them, but you don't know them well. So 1 Peter 4 there talks about loving, being hospitable to one another in the church. But it has the idea of welcoming people as guests, as honored guests, even those that are unfamiliar to you. That's the idea of, of hospitality, this word group, this compound word, the love of strangers, or the love of, of the Christian who you don't know. And if your heart is full of open love toward others, it will express itself in actions. So this attitude has obvious, tangible expressions that we've come to associate with being hospitable. Expressions like providing meals, places to stay overnight, even meeting needs of people that you don't know that well. So when I'm using the word hospitality, just for our purposes, if we can kind of dial it in, In our context in Boundless, I'm talking about today, I'm focusing on one aspect of hospitality. And today I'm talking about warmly receiving the new attenders and treating them as our honored guests next week and the weeks to come. It looks like taking initiative to meet them and get to know them. It looks like finding ways to practically fold them into your lives. It looks like seeking to meet their needs as you can. And ultimately, it looks like influencing them toward greater Christ-likeness. That's what open love looks like. Now, so many of you have learned to do this so well. So this is not like, hey, go do this because you're not doing this message. This is, you, you excel in this. Kind of, Bailey's sermon is a great, great preview to even this message. One of my favorite things as your pastor is watching you guys in action. As you ask great questions, and you open yourselves up to new people. But like Bailey taught us last week, we've always got to be vigilant that we're remaining open to people. Satan is always on the prowl, which means, in this case, he's seeking to divide the church. He's seeking to turn us inward on ourselves and 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 to keep us from looking outward. There's nothing more that he would like to do than to distract us from loving each other and the new people that are coming to us in the next few weeks. So at this point, it's worth asking a second question about hospitality. And what, what hinders us from showing it? So Satan's looking to divide us. He's looking to get us off track and off focus. Like, What are some of the hindrances in your life and mine to biblical hospitality? We've got to think about the roadblocks so we can clear them out if we're going to practice this. So what are some of them? 
What are some you've experienced? When I say go up and talk to a new person, what? what? You're, like, you're like the man of the hour here. Social nervousness. Like maybe fear? Yeah, it's good. Fear. Let's talk about that one. How might fear hinder us from being hospitable? Not everybody at once. Okay, we're worried about what people think of us. Yeah. Yeah, we, we fear not knowing what to say. Yes or no? Yeah, we fear saying something wrong or saying the wrong thing, looking dumb, putting our foot in our mouth. We're afraid of being awkward with somebody we don't know. We fear being taken advantage of. What if I get to know this person and they stab me in the back or they hurt me like that person hurt me? Again, we fear being rejected, right? What if they don't like me? Ultimately, at the core, we are trying to preserve ourselves. It's a form of selfishness, really. We're saying that we are unwilling to warmly welcome because it might not go well for us. We're not thinking of others at that point. We're only thinking of ourselves. So if that's you, I get it. All right, I'm not trying to come down hard on you. I still have to battle the impulse myself, even as a pastor. You get hurt a couple times, and the Lord tests you. But we've got to work at entrusting whatever happens in that interaction to the Lord. And think about it this way. As you step out and you greet someone, as you introduce yourself to a person you don't know, you are stepping out by faith in obedience to Jesus. Because he's commanded us to be hospitable. So you're saying, okay, I'm terrified. I have my social anxiousness or whatever, whatever word you used. I'm afraid, but at the reality, I know that, man, that's self-preservation. So even if the worst possible scenario happens to me when I go talk to this person, I'm being obedient to Jesus, and I'm acting by faith, right? We'll talk more about that in a moment, all right? So let's say this fear was, a, was the one we just talked about. It was my first on my list, too. I think that's pretty normal. Anything else hinders us from being hospitable? Yeah, inadequate, yeah, because you don't have resources, right? And that kind of gets to that, that first sort of mischaracterization of hospitality. is I have to have a home, or I have to be wealthy, or I have to, you know, whatever. Versus, like, do you have to have a home and be wealthy to go introduce yourself to somebody? Not last time I checked. Um, I, don't, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's the case. But, yeah, that's good. Here's another one. How about factions? So what do I mean by that? Factions. Does anybody actually say that these days? Um. Drawing tight boundaries around your friends, being unwilling to let anyone new into your life. We're tempted to think things like, these are the people just like me with my interests, my sense of humor, people I feel comfortable around. And here, here it is. Not that that's bad, but here's where, it, here's where it crosses the line. And I can't be with anyone that makes me feel uncomfortable. Or, how about this one? I've got my friends. Why do I need to reach out to anyone else? 
I'm, I'm fully staffed, right? That's an inward-focused, ultimately selfish perspective. And we've got to be on guard for those kinds of attitudes creeping up in our hearts that hinder us from actually taking initiative to welcome in some new person. All right? Factions could be a, could be a, uh, a hindrance. I'll just give you a few of these, and we'll keep moving. There's, there's lots. All right? Closely related to factions is divisions. Okay? Divisions in the body. What I mean by that is, you know, being at odds with each other. Sin against each other, and there's, there's divisions happening. And if we're, if we're doing that, if we're at odds, we obviously won't be very hospitable to other people. We're too busy fighting with ourselves or gossiping about each other to have a heart of love for the outsider. But how does that happen? Well, it happens when we harbor offenses against each other. So that girl says something to you at the Boundless Thursday event or about you, and it gets back to you that she said that, and now you're upset, right? And now instead of addressing it, now you kind of start harboring it, and you don't reconcile biblically. Instead of talking it out and forgiving each other, you talk about that person that hurt you to other people. And that leads others to assume the worst, and that's how the wildfire spreads. And a church that's divided like that definitely is not on Christ's mission. It's about you, about your mission, about your well-being. In fact, it's evidence that Satan is at work and evidence that Satan has the upper hand in an assembly when there's those kinds of divisions. So let's be on guard to not let that happen because we are going to sin against each other. Okay? That's reality. Unless you're perfect and I'm perfect. And neither one of us are. <laughs> so we, we're going to sin against each other. So that means we have to have wisdom in knowing how to reconcile, forgive, and move forward in those things so that we can stay on the mission for God's glory. All right, last one here would be just distractions. And this probably hits us closest to home here. Distractions, or, or you could say lack of preparation. Sometimes I think the reality is we are just distracted and underprepared to be hospitable, right? Like we're not intentional about it. We don't realize, like, wow, Christ actually expects me to, to do these things. We, we wake up late. We stayed up late last, you know, we stayed up late the night before. We rush out. Our hearts are busy, you know. We hit church without any mind renewal. We're not ready for the opportunities that God brings. We were just happy we got here, you know, and our eyes are half open. But think about that. It's like trying to tune your instrument while you're playing it. If you're a musician, you know it doesn't work very well. Um, so if you can, even if it's on the drive-in, be thinking about, okay, there's going to be people that might cross my path, people that I can in contact with. How might the Lord want me to serve these people? Bottom line here is just Satan does not want us doing this. He doesn't want us being hospitable. So he's going to tempt us with every excuse in the book not to be. And he's going to tempt us to constantly veer off track. So we need to think carefully about what stands in the way of each one of us personally in being hospitable to the, those that come to us from outside. Now, third question that we need to ask is what motivates us to show hospitality, okay? So if the fears are, are big, we know that we might get hurt. Uh, know it, we know what it's going to cost us. We need to know truth. We need to have our minds renewed here so that we can sink our, our spiritual teeth into these truths and learn to live by them because that's going to motivate us to be welcoming to other people, even if we're introverted or even if we're scared or even if we've been hurt in the past. And so what are some of these truths? Well, I'll give you a few of them. 
The Bible's full of them. I just picked out some of the, the easiest. Uh, truth number one is that we really are welcoming Christ when we welcome other people. What? After you write that down, turn it over to Matthew 25. Either all of you have digital Bibles or you're still writing. There we go. There we go. Couldn't hear, I couldn't hear any pages turning. Sorry, I'm in a bit of a rush because I want to get through all of this. Have some time for questions. Matthew 25. We'll start in verse 31 here. Jesus is speaking. He says, when the Son of Man... You guys there? Okay. Verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations. So, you and I will be there. And He will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, those are Christians, and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. So he keeps going there and gives the negative side of, of that, but we'll stop. We'll stop here. So the truth that we need to fixate on here is that we really are welcoming Christ when we welcome the stranger. So here Jesus says that those who inherit the kingdom will be those who truly cared for Christ. His sheep show their devotion to Him, the King, as they feed His followers, as they welcome His followers, as they visit His followers in prison. Now this is beautiful and astounding. So imagine that in two weeks, Christ was coming in person through those back doors into Boundless. Would you greet him? Would you invite him over? Now, in one sense, Christ is obviously always here with us in his spirit as we gather together. But I'm talking about if Jesus Christ was going to join us for worship. Would you make sure that he's taken care of? think we would (laughs) but according to Jesus in one sense mysteriously he is coming through those doors into in a week this week and he's coming in the form of strangers in college freshmen transfers from other situations and Jesus says that how we treat them reveals the level of our devotion to him Jesus goes on to say that if his professing followers don't care for his disciples, 
they will go away into eternal punishment. They will prove, in other words, that they never really knew or trusted the king. They've never been changed by his love to love others. It's sobering, but it's so helpful for us. You're thinking, why is Clay preaching a whole message just on hospitality when new people come? Is he just like trying to, trying to like increase the numbers of the church? No. I want to increase Christ's influence, yes. But I'm aware that we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account. All nations will be gathered before him. A lot is at stake, but it's also a beautiful chance to, be de- to demonstrate your love for Christ. But where does this love for Christ come from? How can we love Christ so much that we move toward those different from us or new to us to welcome and include them in our lives? What will compel us to move past an introverted personality or past these debilitating fears that we often plague us? Well, this second principle here helps us with the answer. It's truth number two. We've got to know and believe that Christ has welcomed us And his welcome of us has provided a pattern for us to imitate. Christ has welcomed us when we were his enemies. And he has provided a pattern for us to imitate. And that's found in Romans 15. So after you finish writing, you can turn over to Romans 15. We're going to get here eventually on, on Sunday mornings, but chapter 15 is a long way away from chapter 5, which is where Pastor Brian's currently there. So we'll go ahead and look at this text. Romans 15. And this whole passage is great, but let's just look in, let's key in on verse 7. Well, let's, let's actually take, I'm skimming verse 1 here. Let's, let's take it back up to verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Why? Here's the, re, here's the reality. Here's that mind renewal truth. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Now he's going to go into an aside and talk about the Old Testament. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, here's our verse, Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Welcome one another. What's that next phrase? As Christ has welcomed you. So the standard, how you're supposed to welcome other people, is what's happened to you. How he's welcomed you. So Christ has welcomed us. He's provided a pattern for us to imitate. So you can think of it like this. Christ has opened the door for us through his death and resurrection. And he has welcomed us into his home, into his kingdom, free of charge. He's canceled our debts, and, he's call, and, and now he calls us to welcome and assimilate others into his same glorious kingdom. So we can be truly concerned for others because 
we have been fully taken care of by Christ. That's huge. He has freed us completely. He has taken care of us, and He has pledged to take care of us, so we don't have to be worried about ourselves or preoccupied with ourselves. We are free to love, free to welcome, free to be inconvenienced, free to be taken advantage of. We're free to get to know them, free to listen. Why? Because all of our needs have been met in Him. So you think, okay, what? Spread this out for me a little bit, Clay. Like what, in what ways does welcoming, Him welcoming me, become a pattern for my life to welcome other people? Let's think about it. Some implications here. It means that hospitality is not contingent on the worthiness of the person. Us living openly toward people, moving toward them in love, is not contingent on their worthiness. Because Christ welcomed us, how? That's got to be quick. We were unworthy. We were dead. We were the jihad against Christ's kingdom, suicide bombing it. And he welcomed us. Until that's clear for you, until that's a reality, you will not welcome others. We deserved judgment, and yet he forgived us. He cleanses us, and he brings us to God. So we should welcome all of Christ's disciples. We should love them and seek to do them good at our own expense, like Christ did for us. We don't wait for them to become like us. We don't wait for them to mature or to have things in common with us or to be less irritating. We welcome people where they are at, Believer or unbeliever, and we have an obligation in verse 15 or chapter 15 of Romans, we have an obligation to bear with their weaknesses and differences and to please them for their good. So it's not contingent on the worthiness of the person. Hospitality is also not easy and will often cost us. It surely was not easy for Christ to take on our reproaches against God. And it definitely cost him his life. In order for him to welcome us, he had to die for us. So when we welcome and assimilate others into our lives, it can and will get messy. It will require things from us. It will challenge our comforts. We will be in over our heads. Going up to a new person and introducing yourself and including them in your friend group or giving them rides may be uncomfortable for you. But it's not supposed to be easy. And knowing that it's not supposed to be easy is helpful. It's actually a backdoor kind of encouragement of like, oh, yeah, that's sacrifice. Okay, just like Christ sacrificed for me. And that's good. And, it's, and that leads us to really the, the last bullet here. Christ sac- the sacrifices are good because similar to Christ, our sacrifices of hospitality are going to bear much fruit. When we lay our lives down to be hospitable, the Lord will bless that just like he blessed the death of Christ. He will produce the fruit of love in your own heart, but he will also produce tremendous fruit in the lives of those you're being hospitable to. The Lord may use the experience of your love 
to actually save someone. He may use it to radically transform another believer who's never experienced such love and welcoming. All we know is that the Lord promises abundant fruit, John 15, abundant fruit to those who lay down their lives for the good of others. And that is motivating. Alright, that was our second truth. Christ has welcomed us, has provided a pattern. There's some ways that, it, that we pattern it. And our third truth here is that Christ has commanded us to pursue it intentionally. It's helpful to know that we've been instructed in this. Flip back a few pages to chapter 12 of Romans. Look with me in verse 9. He says, Let love be genuine. And really, that's kind of the main idea of this whole passage. Let love be genuine, abhorring what is evil, holding fast to what is good, loving one another with brotherly affection, outdoing one another in showing honor, not being slothful in zeal, but being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, being patient in tribulation, being constant in prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, and seeking to show hospitality. Now what I want to key in on here, and how we know this is sort of open love, is, is the verse 9, that let love be genuine is the main idea, and the rest of these, these verbs are participles. So they're dependent on that main idea in verse 9. It's actually an implied verb in verse 9. I don't mean to geek out on you a little bit, but there's, there's participles that hang off this, and seeking to show hospitality is a participle that's dependent on that main verb of, or the main implied verb there of, of love in verse 9. So when we say that hospitality is like open love, that's, that's kind of what, how, we're getting, how we're getting there, beyond just the, the lexing. All right, back, back at it. Here's what I want to draw out. Seeking to show hospitality, he says it very intentionally here. We, we have to seek to show it means we've got to pursue it. And zealous pursuit is the idea. We've got to chase after it. Paul says we're to sprint after showing hospitality. That means it's intentional. It doesn't just happen. It's something that you've trained for, you're focused on as a goal. So why does he tell us to be intentional? Why does he tell us to to seek to, to do this? Well, because Paul knows that it's going to be challenging for us. Like we said just a second ago. I wrote down 1 Peter 4.9 because I, I often chuckle at this because Peter, <laughs> Peter knows, he knows, he knows what's going on. You know, he says, seek to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> it's like, but without grumbling, like, why would we grumble? You grumble in hospitality because it costs you, you know, because it's hard. Um, and Peter knows that, and that's why we've got to be intentional about pursuing it. So, what's involved in being Intentional. What involves planning? It involves forethought. I need to think through some ways that I'm going to be hospitable next week. It involves establishing some tangible goals. It involves actually getting after to, f- to fulfill those goals. So fourth question, last question here, how can we show hospitality? What are some practical ways that you and I can be hospitable? And I'm thinking next week. All right? Rich has already told us in the announcement that we're having that lunch. So what I'm doing is I'm kind of framing up this lunch for you biblically. 
We're going to host a boundless wide lunch next week right here at church, and that means we're all going to become rich and Christy for the day. I want to encourage you to, to participate in the lunch, all right? Participate in the boundless lunch however you can, and I want you to think of yourselves as hosts. Think of yourselves as hosts, because you're the summer core. Like, you're here. A lot of you of our leaders are going to be leaders this next year in Boundless. Even if you're not, that's great. You're our core. So what are some ways that we could be hospitable with this lunch? Johnny on the spot. Hit me with it. Inviting people. Yes. Inviting people to the lunch. Making them aware. Some other ways. Mm-hmm. Come sit with me to lunch. Hey, do you have a seat? Yeah, come, come, come sit by me. Other ways. Yes, taking people's plates, being the server, right? Taking plates, running trash cans around, refilling drinks, noticing what people need, not waiting to be asked. Yeah, keep coming. Listening to them. How is that being hospitable? Yeah, loving them. What are some questions you could ask? There would be good questions to ask. It's hard not to answer, isn't it? What's that? What brought you to Liberty? What if they're not a Liberty student? What brings you to Tim Lake? Yeah, some other questions. Hit me. Let's go. What's your name? Yes. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Where are you from? What's your major? They're a Liberty student. What do you like to do? When did you come to Christ? That's a good one. When did you come to Christ? Gives you some understanding of where they're at. How's the LU transition gone? Do you know anyone else in Lynchburg? How'd you hear about Timberlake? What'd you take away from the message today? I mean, just think about it, right? Come ahead of time knowing like, okay, I want to ask some questions. I want to ask these questions. Have a plan. You know, introduce people to each other, right? So like, it, you can't be everyone, every, everybody, you're the best friend of everybody. So if you're kind of busy, and, but you see this person, they're standing by themselves in the corner, go grab them, introduce them to a friend group that you know is going to receive them well. And if somebody does that to your friend group, don't be like, you know, what are you doing? Like, welcome them in. We've got to get on the same page here, you know, of, of, of what's going on. Make sure people know where to go to get food. Help, to ta- help set up the tables. Just bring food, right? Put your name on the sign up. Even if it's like a dollar. Don't worry about what somebody's going to think because you signed up for the dollar item. That's okay. Just sign up for the dollar item because that's going to help. Um, just whatever we got to do to be hospitable. You know, this is our home and we're inviting people into it. So there's lots of things, that, you know, we can talk about there, but you guys got it. You know, you're, ask, one, ask Christy, you know, if you can help prep food uh, during the main service because that's probably when they're going to be doing it, right? Okay, Christy's looking at me kind of like, uh, I already have a plan here. What are you doing? I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I really haven't talked very much about with the ladies about what the plan is. So if I'm stepping on toes, I apologize in advance. Meaning like if I'm messing their plans up. All right. So that's one way we can be hospitable. Let's think about in Boundless Sunday School. What are some other ways we could be hospitable next week, this time? Invite them to lunch afterwards. Yeah, great.
yeah, focus on people who are new, the people you don't recognize. But what if, Jojo, that I, they've been here for two years? Let's, let's, let's dialogue. <laughs> yeah, like I, well, I'm, I'm the hypothetical person that doesn't want to agree with the new person because I'm afraid that I might embarrass myself because they've been here two years and I, didn't, I never met them. <laughs> right? Oh, that's a pro tip. Did you hear that? Yeah, if, if you're not sure if they're new or not, just say how long you've been coming, right? Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, so greet people. Um, how else? Point to the coffee. Big arrow sign. Yeah, we got coffee. Yeah, that's great. Serving coffee, helping prepare it. That's ways to be hospitable. Yeah? Think of any more? How about getting here at 9.30? Sliding in right when I start teaching. Is that good? Is that like good for hospitality? Not really. What time should we get here? 9.15? 9? 6? Yeah. Those overly zealous people are going to be here at 6 in the morning. They're like brewing their pour overs. Yeah, on, the, on the step. Yeah. My point is that it, it, it's, you know, we typically start announcements around 9.20, 9.25, somewhere around in there. So, yeah, 9.10, you'd be early if you got here at 9.10. Um, people can start arriving at 9.15. Um, that's, so being here to greet people, meet them. Yeah, what else? Oh, see if you come to 8 a.m., you're already here. You're already here early. You just come right over. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so we've talked about some ways to be intentional in Boundless Sunday School. How about before and after the services, main services? Because guess what? Everybody doesn't come to Boundless Sunday School, especially when you're visiting a church. You come to the service, right? Because you don't know about Boundless Sunday School. So what could we, how could we think about that? Okay, tell them about Sunday School. Great. How, how, how would you be able to tell them about Sunday School? Okay, you could grab them and go out to lunch. Maybe you want to introduce yourself before you just grab them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe plans maybe plan to go out to lunch that day. Or maybe not next week because you're already going to go out to lunch next week. But in weeks to come, and just see if people want to come with you to lunch. Yeah, that's great. Hey, there you go. Grab, you say, hey, can I, can I grab your number? Yeah, totally. I, one other thing that, that's often very, very helpful is if you take that person that you've met, or maybe they sat beside you, and bring them up to Pastor Brian and introduce them to Pastor Brian. That's huge. Because it gives them a, a direct connection with, with Pastor Brian, the guy who's just taught, and then introduce them to one of us, you know, Rich or me or, or whoever, so they can get a face with a name about the, you know, the college ministry. Yeah, those things are really helpful. All right? And now, how about in just the day-to-day ebb and flow of your life? How could you be hospitable in that, that flow? Okay, don't be too busy to talk. Yep, check in with folks. Good. Yeah? Make time. 
for, for people, yeah? Pray for people, yeah. It's a good way to get somebody on your heart and keep them there is by interceding for them. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, think about, like, if you have a car, it can give rides. Like, a lot of people on campus don't have cars. I already have people emailing me. I had a pastor email me this week about one of his sheep in the church that they're coming from and saying, hey, she's going to be new. Uh, is there some way we could arrange a ride? I always forward those emails to Christy because she helps me there. But, I mean, even those, just making yourself aware, like making it known to Christy that you have a car, that you're willing to take people to and from campus, um, that's a great way to serve and be hospitable. If you live with your family, you might think, ah, oh, I just live with my family, you know. But you have a, you have a home. And you, you know, kind of collude with your family a little bit and say, hey, would you mind if we had, had people over um, on Sunday afternoons for lunch? Be willing to cook. You know, use your dorm or your apartment for places people can come and spend time that, are, that would be refreshing for them. If you're on campus, you know, include people into things you already do in the week. You know, if you go to the dining hall at this time, tell them what time you go. Tell them you'll look for them. You know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be some, some dramatic event. You know, just, just including people in your life in any way you can. Well, we're going to end there. Uh, it's a little crash course on biblical hospitality. And if you came to us from the outside, this is probably one of the reasons that you stayed. Because you experienced someone loving you like this, someone welcoming you. And like I said earlier, you guys do this really, really well. This is just a friendly reminder to, to help us dial in, especially over these next few weeks when a lot of folks are visiting. We can't control who stays or goes, and we don't want to control who stays or goes. Our goal is to be faithful to Christ in loving the people that He brings to us, sharing the truth with them while they are here, and trusting Him for whatever He chooses to do in the life of a soul. All right? You guys have any final questions? Any stone that was like, hmm, you didn't turn that one over? What about this? That's tricky. It's like a separate message. No, I think you're just, you're just trying to be, yeah, you can't help how people interpret you. You just have to, you have to be friendly. You can't be unfriendly to people. Um, but just if, if, if that happens, then just be clear with them about what your intentions are. You know, if, there's, if, there's a, if they've misunderstood you, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing uh, sinful or rude about saying, I'm not interested. That's just a, a truthful way of, of making those intentions clear. But yeah, there's a difference between flirting with somebody and just, and just like you said, being hospitable and welcoming. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yep. Any other questions? Yeah. Balance of what? Sure, you're asking, like, is there, could you go overboard with this? Yeah. Yes, you could. Meaning, you know you've crossed the line when you're being unfaithful in the other areas of responsibility that the Lord's given you. 
Make sense? So if, you know, if you're a student, yeah, Christ is never saying, okay, obey in this area to the point that you're unfaithful in all these other areas with your time or, or whatever it is, certainly. Yeah, and that's, yeah, this is just one aspect. If you think about, like, the pie chart, this is kind of one aspect of the Christian life. Um, but I'm keying in on it today because we have an opportunity next week um, that I don't want us to miss. Does that make sense? That principle makes sense about like not over, not doing something to the neglect of other things that the Lord's given you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. All right. Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed.